Excited to be with you on a Monday edition of the We Tackle Life podcast. I'm Bruce Hooley. Thanks for joining. We have Ohio State football and basketball to talk about today. NFL draft coming up end of the week. And we have a faith segment that I'm excited to share with you at the end of the podcast. So thanks for joining. You can watch the podcast some days, but not today on uh, Periscope and on my Facebook channels. But today, honestly, I didn't get up soon enough to uh, get presentable for camera. But I will be on camera later on as I do the faith portion of the podcast. The real reason is because I have to do a Facebook notification like 15 minutes ahead to uh, broadcast on the live stream. And I've got a call at 11 and I want to get this done. And so it's my fault. I didn't get it done. I had a really long uh, and productive Bible study this morning. So good reason for not being live with the sports portion of the podcast. But last night, my daughter was having some neck pain, gave her a pain patch from CBD Health Collection. Yes, CBD Health Collection. Great CBD removed from the plant safely and brought to you in various forms. Pain patches, tinctures under the tongue, gummies, caplets. Uh, they have warming salve. They have freeze gel. They have sunscreen. They have a lot of different avenues to deliver that uh, relief from inflammation and pain to your body. And I love CBD Health Collection CBD, and I think you will too. And I hope you will take advantage of it via the promo code BRUCE at cbdhealthcollection.com. You'll save 15% off. I challenge you to just go to their site, read how they do what they do, why they do what they do. And then if you have a chronic condition, maybe, you know, your knee bothers you when you bike or run, uh, your elbow bothers you, you got tennis elbow, you've got carpal tunnel, you've got, you know, something that you'd love pain relief from. CBD health, health collection CBD really works. Spiels introduced me to it. Talked to the big man yesterday on his way back to Detroit for draft prep. And so CBD health collection promo code Bruce save 15%. All right, let's start with the spring game Saturday. The Brutus and Buckeye game. When did that become a thing? I thought it was the Scarlet and Gray game. We took a year off for COVID and now it's the Brutus and Buckeye game. Okay, fine. Um, quarterback, everybody wants to talk about. I applaud Ryan Day for right before the game even started, telling the Big Ten Network, ah, we're not going to know who the quarterback is based on today. It's another piece of the puzzle. It was funny. Ryan Day said almost exactly after the game what I predicted on Tuesday, he would say. A lot of good things, a lot of bad things. Got to look at the tape. Got to have a great summer. That's the way to handle it so that you don't have a mass exodus of quarterbacks. Imagine if he'd have come out and said, yeah, C.J. Stroud, man, he's our guy. Goodbye, Jack Miller, and perhaps goodbye, Kyle McCord, <laughs> and perhaps goodbye, Quinn Ewers. So they're going to delay this decision, and it could be because they don't know, and it could be because they know, and they don't want to be left with one quarterback. What did it look like to you? Who's the starter? Who's the backup? Who's number three? The consensus of the Bruce Hooley friendship group is that, and the consensus that I totally agree with, is that C.J. Stroud is one. Uh, I would probably say McCord is two because I see more potential maybe in McCord than I do Miller. But wouldn't surprise me if McCord's behind in the classroom portion of being quarterback and they want to, you know, Miller would be number two if Stroud got hurt on the first play of the first game. But I don't know. Maybe, uh, Maybe Ryan Day sees other – I'm sure he sees other things. He said something after the game that I thought was really uh, true and smart and uh, instructive. He said, when you're trying to win a job, 
throwing the ball away when there's a leak up front and pass protection, which with Ohio State's offensive line, there isn't very often. But when there's a leak, it's a good play to throw it away and face second and 10. But it's not a play that you think as you do it, wow, the coach will really be impressed with this. So that's what he's looking for. It seemed to me C.J. Stroud, his arm is more than adequate. He had the poise in the pocket. He looks like a guy who will really grow into the role. And I really do think, honestly, the most important thing C.J. Stroud, Kyle McCord, or Jack Miller can do is not turn it over. Let me go into the Wayback Machine, kids, and tell you a little story from Bruce Hooley's past covering college football. 1986, Vinny Testaverde, Miami Hurricanes, wins the Heisman Trophy, but not the national championship. That's the famous uh, game against Penn State in the Fiesta Bowl where Testaverde threw six, six interceptions, and Penn State won. So the next year, Miami has almost everybody back except Jerome Brown on defense and Vinny on offense. They're loaded, super loaded. And they had a three-man quarterback battle in the spring, and they had a kid from Miami, Greg somebody. I can't remember Greg's last name. Big, tall, strong kid could just throw the ball a mile. They had another guy whose name I don't even remember, and they had Steve Walsh. And Steve Walsh threw the wobbliest ball and looked to have the weakest arm, but Steve Walsh was the guy who didn't turn it over. And Jimmy Johnson told Steve Walsh before the season, if you don't turn the ball over on our half of the 50, we will never lose. And he didn't, and they didn't. And they won the national title. So sometimes, my point being, you only need a caretaker at the quarterback position who's distinguished by what he doesn't do, turn it over, more than what he does do, make electric throws and great runs with his feet. Steve Walsh had Melvin Bratton, Alonzo Highsmith, Michael Irvin, Brian Blades around him. C.J. Stroud will have, <laughs> how many receivers do you want me to name? Egbuka, Harrison Jr., Jackson Smith and Jigba, Julian Fleming. Oh, I buried the lead. The starters are Chris Olave and Garrett Wilson. And oh yeah, Jeremy Ruckert's back. And Cade Stover made a great catch on Saturday. So they have, and that's just the wideouts. I didn't even get to the running backs who looked really good Saturday. Mayan Williams looked good. Travion Henderson looked good. Master Teague didn't look good because he wasn't out there. But you see Master Teague's picture on social media in the weight room. He looks like Adonis. So they're loaded. Their offensive line is loaded. Defensively, are they good enough? I don't know, because all those receivers being open are getting open against Ohio State Buckeyes. So that's the question, but they didn't have two of their top corners out there either. So uh, they say they're going to play a 4-2-5. Eh, maybe. Could blitz a lot out of that. Could look good out of that. Uh thing that worries me is, didn't Rich Rodriguez play a 4-2-5 at Michigan and West Virginia? Doesn't mean you can't play it and play it well. Just saying that, the defense is the question mark on this team. The highlight for the defense was Jack Sawyer. And I know everybody's geeked about Jack Sawyer. And you should be. He's a good player. But he's going against second teamers, okay? So second team Ohio State guys are usually pretty good. Jack Sawyer's going to be a load. May not be a load immediately. Maybe a load immediately. Maybe Zach Harrison will have a big year. Who knows? Defensively are the questions. And sometimes when you have questions and a bunch of guys who aren't proven, they play their tails off. And you're great defensively. I know Kerry Combs was not happy with the defense the first year. People took it as a reflection on Combs. Oh, he's overmatched. He can't be a coordinator. I don't react to things like that. Um, coaches don't get dumber over time. Combs is a great secondary coach. He's a motivational guy. He's the kind of guy kids love to play for. 
I have no doubt about Kerry Combs, and Ryan Day wouldn't have hired Kerry Combs if he didn't think Kerry Combs could do the job. So they got a great linebacker coach in Al Washington. They'll be fine. They'll be good enough to win every game they play except maybe Oregon. That's the second game of the year. Uh, but I tend to think since the game is here, they'll beat Oregon. Who's going to beat them in the Big Ten? Somebody's going to have to show me a team that will do that. So they're a playoff team again, and I think they could be a playoff team. Could they be in a playoff with all three quarterbacks if you just picked one out of a hat, not on merit? Probably, given who they play, uh, given the quality they have across the board and the quality that other teams have across the board. So, yes, they are they are a phenomenal team. Ryan Day is a phenomenal coach, and the team will make the quarterback look like a stud as opposed to the quarterback making the team look like a stud. That's my prediction for the 2021 Ohio State Buckeyes. My prediction for your health insurance is you'll get better health insurance if you go through my friends at auiinfo.com. They're in Akron. They are a health insurance brokerage. Business owners, it's a pain to put together a benefits package, so why do it? Let AUI do it for you. That's what they specialize in. Not just health, but dental vision disability. They can give you all the options, save you a ton of time, help you come up with a great benefit package to retain or attract or keep better employees. So why wouldn't you do it? Since it's free. They're paid by the health insurance companies they put you with. Same for you individuals. Yes, you can change your health insurance right now. We're in an open enrollment period that's going to continue for a few months. So do that health insurance checkup by going to auiinfo.com and letting them do it for you. Free. Same for individuals. Same for companies. They're paid by the health insurance companies. That's the world in which they traffic. You pay for a health insurance consultant with any health insurance you subscribe to. So why not take advantage of the expertise of the health insurance consultant you're already paying for by going to auiinfo.com, auiinfo.com. Okay, we had an Ohio State basketball edition announced Saturday night, and this one I did not see coming. It is Joey Brunk from Indiana. Joey Brunk. Now, <clears throat> I don't know the um, wisdom or lack of wisdom of this move. It is a hedge against... Uh, not having a big man. A lot of people were obsessed that Ohio State didn't have a big man. Got to have a big man. Let's get a big man. And the thought was they'd get a big man in the transfer portal. Well, they did. Or they'd get one recruiting. And Efton Reed, the seven-footer from IMG Academy and the mid-Atlantic portion of the country, is um, from the outside looking in, it appears that, let me just say this because I don't want to get a nasty message from Efton Reed and I don't want to put stink on him that doesn't qualify, but there are some schools involved late on Efton Reed that have frequently been mentioned in the past with recruiting violations. That's a factual statement. So I think Ohio State read the tea leaves, not being interested in being associated with uh, schools that are known to test the elasticity of the recruiting rules. And I'm talking about LSU and Florida State. Goodbye, Efton Reed. Hello, Joey Brunk. Now, I've seen Joey Brunk play two years ago at Indiana. He's an okay player. He's a, what I would describe as a journeyman player. Um, Chris Holtman does not just randomly grab pieces of the roster. He is very measured, very purposeful in how he constructs a roster. And so I will bend to his expertise on the wisdom of adding Joey Brunk to the roster. 
He knows Joey Brunk very well. He recruited Joey Brunk to play for him at Butler. And Joey Brunk played a year for Holtman, Ryan Peden, Terry Johnson, and the rest of the Ohio State staff at Butler. Uh, at Indiana, he then transferred to Indiana, I think the year after Holtman left, or two years after Holtman left. Uh, so Joey Brunk at Indiana did not play last season. That's one thing you need to know about him. He had a back surgery and did not play. Okay, so he's on the Seth Towns plan. We're hoping that he's healthy, number one. He's on the Seth Towns and Abel Porter plan. Uh, I would say we're batting 0 for 2 on transfers health-wise in terms of, yeah, health-wise. Abel Porter, he had played at Utah State. There's no way you could have known he had a heart ailment. Thank goodness they found it. So that's not on Holtman or anybody else. Seth Towns sat out. Essentially two years. Uh, Everybody thought Seth Towns was the number one transfer available in the country. Uh, ESPN gave him a special to announce his much ballyhooed decision to attend Ohio State over Duke. And Seth Towns contributed to some wins for Ohio State. And he was not as consequential on the overall season as I think we all expected him to be. Those are, in my opinion, unimpeachable factual statements. Joey Brunk does not come to Ohio State with the expectations of a Seth Towns. He comes to be a role player. My question with Efton Reed would have been, can a kid who's a five-star center and could go straight to the NBA because he's in the graduate academy at IMG, would he come to Ohio State and be happy playing uh, minutes even with or not even with Kyle Young, scoring unless he's, you know, the second coming of Greg Oden. Um, Six points a game, getting him seven rebounds, playing 20 minutes a game. Would he be happy as a role player? That was my question with Efton Reed. Uh, Chris Holtman and his staff know him better than I do, but that was my question with Efton Reed. It's not going to be a question with Joey Brunk. Joey Brunk's coming to play for the staff that he likes. He's coming to try to win a national championship, which he doesn't see evident in Indiana, and he doesn't fit Indiana's system anymore. They're going to go four out, one in, and Trace Jackson Davis is the one in, or Race Thompson is the one in. Both uh, Race Thompson entered the transfer portal. He's back at IU, and four out, one in is what Thad Mata played, and so it's going to be what Indiana plays under Mike Woodson and Thad Mata. So Joey Brunk was looking at, you know, nothing on his horizon at IU. Why not start fresh? Why not... Play for the guy you wanted to play for initially. Joey Brunk's tight with Chris Holtman. They went through a lot. Brunk's dad had brain cancer. Um, So Holtman walked through that with Joey Brunk. So uh, Holtman's going to go with the guy he knows. Now, this is just my my belief, my my opinion. It's my truth. (laughs) Which anytime you hear that, it's an opinion. It's not truth. My opinion, and I'm not... Uh, I mean, I am Captain Obvious on this one, that from the outside looking in, sure appears that on the grand spectrum of impact big men transfers in college basketball, Joey Brunk would tend toward the uh, lower tier of guys when the other guys you're talking about are Miles Johnson from Rutgers. John Harar from Penn State, Jack Nungy from Iowa, the kid from Georgetown who's going to Maryland, 
the kid from Eastern Washington who's going to Oklahoma. Joey Brunk's not going to cause any he's Joey Brunk's not getting a sports center special for his college choice. That does not mean Joey Brunk can't be a very effective player for the Ohio State Buckeyes. But he has I sure hope they vetted the health situation, which I'm sure they did. And so we'll see. We'll see on Joey Brunk. But Holtman has answered questions many times before about how he puts together a roster. So they have a roster next season with eight seniors on it. Uh, I can't even begin to name them all. Dwayne Washington, Justin Arns, Joey Brunk, Jamari Wheeler, Kyle Young, Justice Suing, Seth Towns. Maybe I did get, I think I'm short one. At any rate, uh, Ohio State will be really good if Dwayne Washington and EJ Liddell come back. They will have a hole to fill if Dwayne Washington, in my opinion, foolishly stays in the draft because he's not getting drafted, but he can go make money somewhere. They will need a shooter if Dwayne Washington goes to the draft. And the manna from heaven that fell over the weekend is C.J. Frederick from Iowa, who would have three seasons of eligibility left and is a 50% three-point shooter and will have tons and tons of opportunities uh, from suitors who want a guy who can make half his threes. Uh, I don't know if he's a right-handed Justin Arns. I don't know if he can guard a lick, but he started for Iowa for two years. And um, he'd look good in the lineup, in my opinion, if Dwayne Washington doesn't come back. He's a Northern Kentucky kid, so maybe Kentucky's where he wants to go. Cincinnati's got a crap ton of openings. So uh, if he wants to come back home and play, would Ohio State be on his radar? Would he be on Ohio State's radar? Don't know. Uh, Everybody is a uh, drugstore GM with college basketball transfers in the transfer portal, as we are with NFL teams and uh, free agency and NFL teams and the NFL draft. So, Joey Brunk, welcome to Columbus. Uh, I'm sure you're rejoicing you don't have to wear those embarrassing candy pants warm-ups anymore. (laughs) And so, round out our lineup, baby. By the way, don't don't sell uh, don't sell short on Zed Key next year being an impact player in a post for Ohio State. Okay, <clears throat> Willis Spangler Starling, my attorney firm of choice, should be your attorney firm to remember when you need an attorney for personal injury, for Will's estate planning, for Social Security disability, for probate. Willis Spangler Starling, top notch people, great people. They answer questions free. Uh, on my radio show at 98.9 The Answer every Friday at 6 o'clock, we call the segment Ask the Attorney. So if you have a question and you'd like to test them, well, send me an email, bruce at 989theanswer.com, and get your question answered. If you want to email the podcast, we tackle life at gmail.com. I'd love it if you'd review the podcast and let me know what you think about the podcast and its content. I meant to mention on college football in Ohio State in the spring game, I said they're going to go to the playoff. They're going to go undefeated unless Oregon beats them, and that won't matter because if they win the Big Ten, they'll be in the playoff. Uh, College football this year is in transition among the big three. Alabama, Ohio State, Clemson, all breaking in new quarterbacks. Clemson has given us a glimpse, a greater glimpse of its future with, uh, is it DJ? I think it's DJ Uyunglele at quarterback because he played last year at Notre Dame. Now they lost the game. They didn't lose the game because of him. Uh, he was amazing. Their defense let him down that night. 
Bryce Young is the quarterback that Alabama will um, plug into the spot vacated by Mac Jones. Bryce Young got in at the end of the national championship game because, you know, wasn't close. Uh, Bama will be loaded. They're retooling across the board. They lose Devontae Smith. They lose Jalen Waddell. They lose um, Nanji Harris. They lose a ton of guys on defense. Uh, teams that will have teams that will beat Ohio State this coming season, if in fact they exist, will be teams that can really rush the passer. And to me, given how they've recruited on the defensive line, that seems most likely to be Clemson than anyone else. Although I don't know the dudes that Alabama has waiting behind the monsters that it had a year ago. They had monsters, as you well know, as we all witnessed. So those are the teams. You're going to have to be able to get to the passer quick against Ohio State next year, and your offense is going to have to be able to put up points. Bama will put up points with John Mechie and some of the wideouts they have returning and Bryce Young and Clemson will put up points with uh, the return of is it Justin Ross who's returning or is it the other kid? Whoever sat out last year is returning. They have some phenomenal freshman receivers a year ago. They have uh, – who's the guy? He broke a 14-yard run in the playoff game at, at the Fiesta Bowl when Clemson beat Ohio State. Uh, he goes by initials, and I can't think of his name. He takes over for Travis Etienne. And they'll have a freshman running back stud. There's no doubt in my mind about that. But Uyunglele is the guy at quarterback for Clemson. So uh, all three are breaking in quarterbacks. And we'll see how they do. But they're all three super highly recruited. Um, you know, I think Ohio State, I'd, I wouldn't bet my house. But I'll say this. I'll be, I'll be extremely surprised, tiny bit shy of shocked, if C.J. Stroud's not the starting quarterback, I would be shocked if Jack Miller's the quarterback. I would be very surprised if Kyle McCord's the quarterback. And I've covered before that Ohio State's record of picking the right quarterback first in a quarterback battle is not good, but I think Ryan Day will get the right guy. The key is stick with the guy you pick. Unless he really stinks it up, stick with him. Don't don't give. If you're going to give snaps to anybody else, the only snaps they get is when it's 45 nothing in the fourth quarter, not when it's a game in the second quarter, or not even when it's 21 nothing in the second quarter. Do not do that. Commit to a guy and stick with him, just like a marriage. Commit to a person and stick with them. Okay. Uh, final sponsor read. Then we get to the faith portion of the podcast. Hemisphere Coffee Roasters. Awesome people. Awesome coffee, bourbon barrel aged coffee, latest flavor. But they're not necessarily about flavored coffees. They're about great coffee, and they're about a great ministry effort to help growers in countries around the world sell their coffee for more than they could sell it for to a government agent or a middleman. Paul pays them direct. That money circulates in their communities. It plants churches. It saves people from human trafficking. It furthers their local economies. Nicaragua, Thailand, Ethiopia, many, many, uh, Indonesia, many other countries around the world. Paul's always on the lookout for great coffee, and he's a discerning buyer. He doesn't buy just anything. He doesn't buy junk. Uh, he is a very discerning coffee buyer. So you can count on the coffee from Hemisphere Coffee Roasters being phenomenal coffee, and uh, you can save 15% off. Use the promo code we tackle life in all caps when you order from Hemisphere, and I am very appreciative of all of you who have been loyal Hemisphere customers in the past and who are repeat customers of Hemisphere. 
they were the first uh, sponsor to believe in us. And so I believe in them. And I really hope that you um, have sampled their coffee, their cocoa chocolate, which is non-GMO, gluten-free, sugar-free, or their tea. They're, they make great corporate gifts. They're just great. So go to their website, HemisphereCoffeeRoasters.com, and remember that promo code. We tackle life in all caps. I greatly appreciate those of you who stick around for the faith portion of the podcast or who make an effort to watch it on YouTube or who uh, listen to it solo. And I did not get the standalone faith portion of the podcast done this weekend. I apologize for that. Had some other things that came up and took precedence. But today, I want to share from my Bible study this morning that initiated with me in Proverbs 19. It's April 19th, so I'm in Proverbs 19 today. I always read a chapter of Proverbs that corresponds to the date of the month, and there are usually many, many verses in that chapter of Proverbs that resonate with me. I start my day uh, in my lazy boy, praying that God will put something on my heart that I can note in my journal that might lead to me having something to share with you later on. And so today is the result, I believe, of that prayer being graciously honored by him and uh, from my study of Proverbs 19 and my um, study of the Gospel of John, which is what I'm in now in the New Testament. So the verse that jumped out at me today in Proverbs 19 is Proverbs 19.3. A man's own folly ruins his life, but his heart rages against the Lord. As I think about people who are uh, in distress, suffering, who've made bad life choices, oftentimes that manifests itself in anger toward God. They feel as if they are being punished for something that is not their fault, bad circumstances, how they grew up. What was against them? What conspired against them? And uh, really, what this verse says is, a man's own folly ruins his life. Most often, our own life choices are what ruin our life, but our heart rages against the Lord. We want to blame God for the things that go wrong in our life. I've had things go wrong in my life, and I didn't understand them. Uh, at times, I got angry at God, but as I look back, I realized they were my own bad choices. And the number one bad choice that I made was to have the benefit of growing up in a Christian home and have access to people who um, understood the gospel and could have explained the gospel to me and could have um, really spared me a lot of bad choices and wasted years in my life had I just simply prioritized finding out what I was missing. I was not a disobedient kid. I did not, um, from the outside at least, look like somebody who was wayward in terms of not being in fellowship, in relationship with God. But I made the mistake of just thinking that the relationship with God was a top-down initiated procedure, that it was initiated by a spiritual fairy tapping me on the head, and I would be given clarity, and I'd be like, whoa, this is awesome. Thank you. I knew everybody 
uh, I had many people around me who reflected this close relationship with God and talked about it, and I wanted it. I wasn't hostile to it, but I didn't have it. And I didn't have it because I didn't invest in it. <laughs> I didn't seek it. You know, I was waiting for it to come and bam, run into me. I'm going to church. Here I am, run into me. <laughs> That's not how it works very often. Sometimes it does, but, you know, there are very few Damascus Road experiences like Paul had where God sends a blinding light and Jesus talks to you or something similar to that, okay? So I did all the things that I thought were how you should do them. I got good grades. I worked hard. I went to college. I got out of college. I found a job. I worked hard at that job. I climbed the ladder in my profession. I moved to Miami, covered an NFL team. I was the youngest writer in an NFL city in the country uh, when I got the Miami Dolphins beat in my mid-20s. Um, I did all the things that I thought were godly things, hard work, achieve, you know, all that. But as I did all those things, they were good. I had, I had fun. I enjoyed my accomplishments. I bought a house before I was 30 years old. I was, I was responsible. I was growing up. I was, you know, I was doing all the things you're supposed to do. I met a girl, dated a long time, and I didn't feel like what I thought that special love was supposed to be like to get married. But I thought, well, this must be all there is. That was kind of my view of life. This must be what it is. I went to church. I prayed. I had, there were moments where I felt like a hymn touched my heart or I'd tear up in church or whatever. And I thought, well, this must be what a relationship is. You know, occasionally it hits you. Occasionally you feel like your prayers bounce off the ceiling. I just settled. I settled for laziness spiritually. I settled for laziness relationally. I envisioned awesome things spiritually and relationally, but I didn't find them because I didn't devote myself and commit to waiting for them to come to me or for me to go get them and invest in going and getting them. So I settled and that led to a lot of emptiness and a lot of pain in my life because when you strive and think you're getting the job that'll make you happy, the car that'll make you happy, the house that'll make you happy, the relationship that'll make you happy, and it doesn't make you happy, what happens? You rage, your heart rages against the Lord, right? A lot of people get really mad about that kind of thing. A lot of people walk away from God. Well, this must be all there is. I never walked away. I just thought, eh, this is all there is. So all that time, I had the gospel right in front of me, the simplicity of the gospel all around me. And it took some real painful experiences in my life for me to invest in seeking God. I had enough of a foundation under me that when things went south, I realized, okay, the answers are in this book, the Bible, and I'm going to find out what they are. I'm going to I'm going to invest. I'm going to read it. I'm going to process it. I'm going to commit to it. And so God is amazingly receptive to our invitation of him into our life. And I waited 30-some years to find that out. And then even after I found that out, I had periods of laziness, 
settling. So um, this is what I want to say to you is if you have this desire for a relationship with God, have you really invested in knowing what that means? Have you really invested, and do you really are you confident you really understand what God is calling you to do? Because we're a society that loves to earn things, right? We want to celebrate the self-made man and pulling ourselves up by our own bootstraps, and we just love like the guy who came from rags to riches and all that. We look down on people. Oh, he inherited his money, you know. So the way God has structured relationships with us is that we have to shed all that hesitancy to receive a gift and not give anything back out of duty. Okay? What can I do? What can I do to earn that? You can't earn eternal life. Your deeds are not the right currency to earn to earn the gift of salvation. But they are the right currency to express your appreciation for salvation and forgiveness. So there's a difference, okay? On one, you're qualifying on your own deeds, and you're like, hey, check me out. I'm great. I earned this. In the other, you're like, wow, I can't believe you've given this to me. I don't deserve it. So here's here's my gra- my gift of gratitude, Okay. It's the difference between a gift card, your deeds, and a thank you note, your deeds and appreciation. Okay. There's a difference, big difference. So in John 6, Jesus makes it clear that anyone who comes to God is, is um, among the elect, the chosen. And a lot of people get hung up on that. And honestly, I got hung up on that. I'm like, well, how's that fair? Like, if you don't choose somebody, if you don't elect them, if you don't pull them to you, how's it their fault that they didn't come to you? And today, Jesus cleared that up for me. The Gospel of John cleared that up for me. In John 6, Jesus says that the process of being chosen is combined with God's foreknowledge of who will come to him. So it's like you can say he, he chose you and you had nothing to do with it, but you did have something to do with it because Jesus, this is a chapter where Jesus is talking about being the bread of life. I'm the bread of life. Anybody who eats, eats, eats of me, anyone who partakes of me, anyone who draws me into them for their spiritual nourishment will live forever. Okay, He's using an allegory there. <clears throat> they can't wrap their heads around it because they go, well, how can you have come from heaven? How can you be the bread from heaven when I know your mom and dad? You're like Jesus, the carpenter's kid. <laughs> they don't understand that Jesus is fully man, but also fully God. And um, Jesus says to them, uh, no one will come to him unless the father who sent me draws them to him. And so, like, you're, you're going right now, well, you know, it's not fair. He didn't draw me to him. But Jesus says, it is written in the Proverbs. Hey, shout out for the Proverbs Bible study. They will all be taught by God. Everyone who listens to the Father 
and learns from him comes to me. In other words, yes, you are predestined among the elect to come to God. And that might, to people, they always get hung up on that. They go, well, I wasn't chosen, so how's it my fault? And Jesus' response to them is, in verse 45 of John 6, it is written in the Proverbs, they will all be taught by God. Everyone who listens to the Father. So you're being taught by God. You listen to the Father, and you'll learn from him comes to me. So if you think the coming to Jesus is 100% a directive of God, a, a gift from God, a, a making it happen from God, and you're absolving yourself of all the blame for not coming, you're missing the point that God has availed to you, he has made available to you, all of the wisdom in Scripture. It's laying right there. Will you have a problem getting a Bible in this world? No. Not in this country. Do you not have Christian radio to listen to? Do you not have faith portions of podcasts to listen to? Do you not have people around you who are, do you have churches around you? Can you go without being shot, killed? Yes, still. Um, do you have access to the gospel of Jesus Christ? Yeah, you do. It's all around you. You can listen to it on your phone in private. You won't even be embarrassed. Nobody will know you're listening to it. You can ask questions. You can email questions to me. You can be as anonymous as you want to be until you're so overflowing with gratitude that you have the gospel in your life that you can't help but talk about it. But Jesus says right here, you think this is all like 100% the doing of God, and it, and it is, because he's made available to you all these things to understand him and come to him, and you're not reading it. You're not consuming the bread of life. You're not reading Proverbs. You're not reading the Scriptures. You're not reading the Gospels. You're not investing. You're not seeking. Seek and you will find. Seeking's not looking. Seeking's like urgency. I gotta have it. Okay? So, like, don't blame God if you don't feel like you're among the elect. Anybody can be among the elect because it says everyone, everyone who listens to the Father and learns. So if you listen and learn, you will come to me. You will come to Jesus. So there you go. It's on you to make yourself be moldable, be a piece of clay that's moldable, and among the elect. Instead of blaming the things in your life that have gone south, your heart rages against the Lord. But what does Proverbs 19.3 say? A man's own folly ruins his life. And what's the height of a man's folly? It is to refuse to humble yourself, to submit yourself to the truth of God in Scripture. You want you want a, you want a, a source to listen to? Here's some people you should listen to. Listen to John MacArthur. Listen to Vody Bacham. Okay, listen to those guys. Listen to Charles Swindoll. Listen to Charles Stanley, not Andy Stanley. Charles Stanley. Listen to those guys. Google their names. You'll find ample YouTube and podcasts to listen to. Okay. Those are just a few. I can keep them coming. You want a church to go to locally? Come to Northwest Chapel in Dublin. Go 
go to Church of the Open Door on Fetter Road. I'll be more than happy to tell you what churches to go to. What are Bible-believing churches with pastors I know who will give you solid biblical interpretation, not feel-good, prosperity, gospel, nonsense, heresy. Okay? Here's a warning. If your church is flying a pride flag or a BLM flag, don't go in that church. <laughs> Pride's original sin. No. What I'm, and what I'm saying controversial is what I'm saying offending you? I'm in good company then, because Jesus said, if they hate me, if they hate you, don't worry. They hated me first. So if you got hostility toward God, Proverbs 19.3 says, that's because your own folly has ruined your life. And there's nothing that's more stupid than rejecting the God of the universe who wants to give you the free gift of forgiveness, salvation, restoration, inspiration. I mean, wow. How can you turn your back on that? I don't I don't understand. I, I've done it. I've done it. So I'm the authority. I've done it that way, and I've done it God's way. <laughs> there is no comparison, no comparison between the two. One leads to life everlasting, and one leads to eternal torment. And I don't want that for you. I don't want eternal torment for you. So humble yourself under God's mighty hand, and in due time he will lift you up. In Jeremiah 29... 13, it says, you will seek me and you will find me when, when you seek me with your whole heart, with everything you got. When it's that important to you, when it's that much of a priority, Jesus says, behold, I stand at the door and knock. If anyone hears my voice and invites me in, I will come in and be with him. So he's waiting. He's knocking. He's not breaking the door down. He won't break the door down. He's waiting for you to answer the door, and I hope you do. So that's the faith portion of the podcast today. Thank you for your time and attention. God bless you. Um, I'll be back on Wednesday with another edition of the podcast. We'll talk more about the NFL draft. Perhaps I'll have greater clarity on where Joey Brunk fits into the situation with Ohio State basketball, but I am very appreciative of your time. Review us on iTunes. Send me an email with any questions you have. I'd love to help you uh, sort through the spiritual dilemmas and questions you have in your life or steer you to someone who can. Um, the email is wetacklelife at gmail.com. With that, have a great day.